from the makers of the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. This is the Inspired Incompetence Podcast. How's everybody yeah. doing? Feeling cute, looking cute. Fuck yeah. Still having trouble believing that we're actually in book five. Book five. I know, it's hard to believe. There's no way we can get sent back to book four, is there? <laughs> uh, I'm, I've been looking into that, actually, and I'll let you know. Okay. Before we get started, I wanted to have a little check-in. Oh, boy. It's been a long time since we've checked in with the player characters. So, you know, we're not in Gallowspire anymore. New mysterious place. Like halfway around the planet, some crazy shit went down right before you got sent here. And before that, you went through crazy shit after crazy shit in Gallowspire. And it's been a fucking wild ride. So where is everybody? Like, what's, what's, everybody's headspace. Like, let's, let's take a little peek. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. All right. So, uh, I'm missing Randolph, even though I am Randolph. And, um, this whole thing has been one extended nightmare after nightmare. And uh, I would like to be done and save the world and retire to a beach with Randolph. But it seems more and more that that's not going to happen. So, uh, yeah, there's been some turmoil there with... Uh, I feel I feel like lost a little bit. Uh, it might be all the jumping between bodies and uh, nonsense that's been going on there. Yeah. But uh, the never-ending, uh, you know, the never-ending quest that we're on has been taking a toll on me rec- more recently than uh, in the past because I at least had Randolph and uh, sort of a more sense of purpose. Now I'm just waiting for the end, and it's frustrating. Okay. Do you feel like you're still in danger even though you're not? Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's the big part of it is I'm not in immediate danger, but... It's like the job's not done until it's done, and the job is never done. So, yeah. All right. Uh, Who wants to go next? Uh, I'll go next. Teoblith is... He is definitely a little out of his element. Like, he's really glad to be back amongst civilization again. But at the same time, he definitely would love to get back into Gallowspire to keep delving into the ancient history that is still living there kind of yeah for an elf he's very much a city boy so he would never let on to the others but spending that long roughing it was really taking its toll on him like i think the greatest thing that happened to him the entire time that we were in gallaspire was our genus learning that uh mage's sanctum spell <laughs> um, he was playing it cool as a cucumber too the whole time <laughs> yeah I just he, he's definitely happy to be among civilization again um, he's again for, for an elf he's not very much of a nature aficionado he's very much a, uh, a high culture type so that's kind of his driving force is he knows that if Tarbaphon were to take over, that, you know... Creature comforts go bye-bye. Yeah, there, there are no safe cities. There's no culture. There's no civilization anymore. There is only Tarbaphon and death and undeath. So, despite 
being outed as being evil aligned by Watcherlord Althoon and his cronies. Yeah, being evil doesn't mean you're on board with the world ending. So that's where Teoblith is coming at it from. Okay. So missing Gallowspire, but uh, probably happy to dive into this mysterious new city that he's in. Yes. Okay. All right, who wants to go next? Um, Argene as well. Oh, it is a, uh, you know, <laughs> Tom's headspace is feeling pretty good. Uh, I'm out of the dungeon. Uh, I don't care what anybody says, but travel also was a dungeon crawl for uh, for me as well. So all that being said, Arginus is actually uh, pretty hopeful for the future, although... Um, between Erasny's lungs showing up and realizing, like, with that last conversation, who is holding them, such as a Hell Knight. Um, Hell Knight adjacent. That's not what was revealed. Hon- honorary Hell Knight. Yeah, that that's not what was revealed. <laughs> it was revealed that you were a Hell Knight, so that I'm is going- not at all what was revealed. He said he worked with the Hell Knights. Okay, well, so you know, I'll take it as a, uh, I'll I'll take it as it is, and it sounds a lot like a person holding it does not have uh, the greatest intentions. However, for right now, uh, Arginus is along with the ride. Before learning that, was that did Arginus think that they were being held by someone with the greatest intentions? Actually, like. He just thought the man was uh, hard to Hold on, crack. hold on, hold on. Has Arginus abandoned his mission to make Teoblith his best buddy? Is he like... That's what it sounds like. Sc- is he like scorned now? This is... Yeah, it, it is a little bit... Uh, it is a little bit fascinating to find out. Uh, I, I will say, that will it, will it create tensions automatically? No, not so much. Just he's, he's watching from a distance. Does he remind you too much of Arginus's former self? Oh, there, there's a lot to our yeah. Um, Does he remind you of a younger you, except hundreds of years old? Yeah, kind of. And I think that that experience in itself is what worries Arginus. The fact that he's had this, uh, he's had this experience in the past. What does Arginus think about uh, his current situation? Yeah, he's loving it right now. Like, he uh, he's flat out kind of uh, middle of uh, society. He's feeling mm-hmm. great. If if you think about it, though, this is just one big social dungeon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't care about social dungeons. I mean, for the most part. Arginus <laughs> uh, versus the world, baby. I just uh, upgraded my... Uh, Charisma, you know I'm the party head. Goddamn social functions. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and uh, let's go to uh, probably the most basic of all of the characters in the group with no uh, with no arcs going on whatsoever. Uh, how's Uhtred feeling? Robbed. <laughs> uh, ro- robbed of that was not enough time in curse. Um. I, I, I don't know. Uhtred never wasn't really like, oh my god, Gallaspire, this sucks, roughing it. Like, I don't have my creature comforts. 
it was just kind of more he was the creatures oh yeah definitely the creatures um well like you don't miss the creature comforts you miss the creatures like no i I think utter kind of has been very leaning on his military background uh i have a mission right so like his focus is always like he's not the peripheral stuff of like oh it's not as comfortable sleeping in the ground as it is like in a bed like haven't really ever entered his mind because he's been in mission mode, right? Like, p- plenty times throughout his life, like, he's had to march places and trek and sleep on the ground. And, like, so he's been in that mindset. I think getting a little sip of an old friend and, like, really probably the only moment of book four where, like, something terrible wasn't happening or just did happen was kind of, like, just the meanest cock tease ever. <laughs> um, it's like a social experiment. Yeah. I'll say the only, the only silver lining to how much of a tease that was, was the fact that it was such a quick turnaround that I feel like he's kind of already back like into mission mindset. Like he didn't really have time to fully get out of that mode. And now all of a sudden we're in a place where we don't know, you know, um, so I think he's just more back on to, all right, okay. M- the mission has been given a new objective, and that is to find out what we can about the Kumar. If that's a thing, if that's a race, if that's whatever it is. Yeah. Um, also, uh, probably uh, one of the minor consolations is at the very least knowing that Curse was not nuked upon visiting. Yes, because Uhtred, and maybe that's a fault of too much of me bleeding into him, was like, there literally might not be any like major civilization left. Like, either they've already been, you know, bent. Because before we got to Curse, like, we literally had no idea what was going on with, like, the outside world. Yeah. And, you know, we what did we say? It took, like, least two, two and a half weeks? Like, it's that could have been, been a, enough time. <laughs> yeah, it's been about a month at this point since Vigil uh, was Oh, okay. Attacked. So, even more so. Like, in a month's time, like, he, he annihilated Vigil in moments. Yeah. Um, but from what you could infer like you didn't like go down a list and say like have you heard about this city or that city or that city but just from your conversation with Rogyar and Arasni being there too uh, it does seem like Tarbafon has not added any settlements to his uh, to his ledger although Renchurch is uh, most definitely now on there Um, but yeah speaking of this Kumaru uh, that's a perfect little springboard to get right back into it. You are in the house of Marina, an elderly woman who uh, kind of scooped you guys up when you entered this city named Yolispan. And she seems to be a prominent figure of this uh, community, uh, respected by the crowd that was trying to figure out who you were and what you wanted at the very least. She seems very knowledgeable. Uh, she 
you know, you're halfway around the world, but she knows about the inner sea and last wall. And apparently Arasni uh, is from uh, the nation of Zopadl, which is where Yoli's Pond is. And she has her own set of like legends and lore from here that don't even include her tenure as Aridan's Herald or, you know, the Queen of Geb. And so for anybody who hasn't like picked up on these proper nouns that I'm dropping, the the nation of Zopadl, as well as probably uh, several other areas of the continent of Ar- Ar- Arcadia, uh, is kind of the Galarian stand-in for like Mexico, Central America, that geographical region. I am a vanilla ass honky. Um, <laughs> as are we all. But here. <laughs> yes, but uh, in preparation for running this part of the adventure, I have done. Uh, what I think is my due diligence, and I will be attempting to uh, at least pronounce these names correctly. If I get any wrong, or if I uh, if I really butcher anything, uh, any listeners who uh, dude don't would be aware of this worry about it because I'm gonna do <laughs> ten <laughs> times worse than you are. No one yeah, will yeah, even yeah. notice you getting it wrong. All I'm saying is feel free to call us out. Uh, call or at least call me out because like you guys haven't had a chance to like like dig into this. I have. I saw this coming, so I felt like it was kind of my like obligation as the GM and also uh, for the sake of the podcast. But if I butcher anything, feel free to call me out, and I'm sorry in advance. I'm, that was a mistake. I'm gonna you just give the yeah. Discord free reign <laughs> yeah. to call you out. You're a brave man. I'm yeah. gonna well, actively uh, try to butcher these names, if not rename thanks. them Great. entirely. Fantastic, Tom. Uh, why are you trying to steal my whole gimmick here? <laughs> We're gonna. Do I this can't together. like not do that. So <laughs> it's it's a together thing. All right. All right. I mean, if you want to get down in the dirt here, yeah, it's we, not pleasant. Yeah, but we gonna we gonna go hard. All right, so uh, Marina uh, has brought you into her home, um, and she seems to be some sort of professor or scientist or something, uh, just from the feng shui of her home and the way she, you know, just uh, the eccentricities of the feng shui. Um, and uh, you started talking about this and that and the other thing, and finally you brought up. Uh, Arasni told us to seek the Kumaru, and she. We ended the last session with her saying something to the effect of everybody in Yolispan knows about the Kumaru, uh, the subject of Aridin's greatest meddling. So she, she all gives you very serious looks, and she says, But before we get into it, you, you all look very hungry. Let me go get some antihitos uh, for you to eat while we are. Well, discussing things, and she shuffles off into the kitchen, starts uh, like puttering around. Sweet, you're kind of muttering to herself, and while she's doing that, it, it's it. If it hasn't already, it will at this point start to dawn on you all that it's freaking hot mm. and humid, um, especially after spending so long in Verlich. 
and then instantly traveling here. The temperature and humidity difference is like a legitimate shock. Uh, like Uhtred and Thalias, like you're from Last Wall, which isn't much warmer than Verlich. Uh, so you've probably never, like ever experienced hot and humid weather like this in your entire lives. I don't know where our genus has spent most of his life. I don't but... think anyone knows. I don't even think he knows. <laughs> but Teoblith, uh, you spent most of your the, your recent years in Chelyx, which is more in line with like the climates of like England or France. But this here is like Central America climate, so even you are likely extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, I figured Chelyx is more like Spain, you know, right on like the Mediterranean ish area that's possible but still yeah not not nothing like the heat and humidity of like yeah, yeah mexico Central so american jungles yeah so you've probably experienced heat like this like in the height of chillaxian summers but the humidity wouldn't have been this bad and like right now you're in this is the like the tail end of spring uh so yeah the marina comes back uh and she She's got chimichangas with her. So, so what did you say? Yeah. So she she went and got some antojitos, which is like a catch-all term that kind of means like like snacks slash appetizers. Um, like tapas. So tapas. she's got some <laughs> she's got some puffy pastries filled with chilled stew with seasoned goat meat and veggies, which she has called uh, gorditas. Uh, she also has a fruit salad and some sweet breads. Yeah, I'm so all she, in on this. So she places that all down on the table in front of you all uh, and just kind of waits for you to start eating, make sure that you're comfortable. And then she kind of clasps her hands together and like it, you, you feel like maybe you're like, like this is like just like a, like a lecture that she's giving. The Kumaru is a very special magical tree that grows north of Yolispan and is indeed the reason this city exists. The legend of the Kumaru shares its origins with the calamity you from the inner sea know as Earthfall. Anybody wants to give me a knowledge history check on that? Yeah, I got a nine on that. Oh, it says untrained. I didn't get anything on it. Damn it. I'm <laughs> <laughs> 21. I also got a 21. Nice. Right. Teoblith? I hope the history buff gets a little knowledge roll here. <laughs> uh, I got a low knowledge roll. I got a big knowledge roll. That's a 30... <laughs> I don't know. It looks pretty big to me. <laughs> That's a 31 for Teoblith. Okay, so our genus Uhtred and Teoblith would all know that Earthfall uh, is known as the, like, this catastrophic event that struck Galarian uh, many, many years ago. It is the cause of the obliteration of the continent of Aslant. Um, is like when a, just a gigantic meteor uh, crashed down into Galarian. Was called down to Galarian. Was called down. Uh, I think Teoblith would probably know that bit. Uh, probably most people would not know that it was anything but a, a natural disaster. But yes, it was uh, called down by uh, the Aboliths, uh, the fish monsters of the sea, who had decided humans have been around long enough. Control, alt, delete, um, but didn't quite work out that way. Freaking and, fish monsters. Yeah, right. Uh, following Earthfall was uh, just generally throughout the entire globe uh, the dark times, like because like especially Aslan was this beacon of technology and culture, 
and there was civilization, you know, in other parts of the world, but Aslan was like, the, like they were like spearheading all of it. Kind of like so they, ancient Rome. Yeah. More like um, Atlantis. I, like, yeah, they're kind of meant to be uh, like ancient Atlanteans. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, ancient Rome's not far off either. Um, and so, yeah, the, the, basically the entire world was plunged into, uh, it was the Age of Darkness, because it was literally like like just clouds of dust went up into the atmosphere and like just darkened the sky for generations um and it took humanity quite a long time to get uh back on track from before earthfall what did they do about these fish monsters i mean they kind of overfished <laughs> yeah well that's what i'm wondering like they're they just like oh that was a close one that <laughs> don't do that again guys well again not many people know about uh the, that the Abolus had a big hand in Earthfall. But so these fucking gillies are just down there getting away with it. That's what you're saying. I mean, yeah, they they have not like seen uh, like any punishment for this. They have declined uh, on Galarian since that. Like this was at the height of their power. I don't think they like created Aslan, but they kind of like n- like nurtured it to kind of be an extension of themselves. It's kind of like Frieza and the Saiyans. And then they were like, all right, no, like these guys are like getting a little too These advanced. monkeys. Just, these fucking monkeys. Um, so, but yeah, like, and since then, like the Abolists have kind of fell into decline a little bit. Like they're still around, like you can still find them, but they, and they exist like, you know, elsewhere besides just Galarian. Uh, but, so that's what you know about Earthfall. Uh, it, most of the fallout that you know is from like you know the histories the uh, uh, annals of the the inner sea, um, but this is like around the like other side of the world, which surely also had its uh, saw plenty of uh, repercussions from Earthfall too. No, uh, Marina uh, continues. One of the many fragments of falling rocks landed here, creating the Yolispan Forest. When a group of ancient Arcadians searched the forest for the mysterious rock that fell from the sky, they found the Kumaru tree, still very small, but already quite strong. These Arcadians built a beautiful pyramid named Tumbaha Mountain to house the tree, and they gained tremendous powers from their exposure to the Kumaru and became hero gods known throughout ancient Razatlan as the Saints. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You have a starstone here? Well, I am aware of this starstone that uh, that fell into the inner sea. Uh, I would not use that uh, verbiage. As I said, it it is more that the falling rock created the Kumaru tree and also became the Kumaru tree. But yes, if you wish to put such a vague... Uh, comparison to it, yes. You could say that we have our own Starstone. Uh, well, had. She kind of looks uh, looks to the ground for a second. The, these saints liberated what is now the nation of Zopatl from the tyrannical rule of ancient Razatlan. They then went on to perform many wonderful deeds for the betterment of Zopatl and humanity. Many eventually arose to true divinity, while some merely existed in peace, until fading into obscurity. Um, but, yes, the Kumaru. While the Kumaru tree uh, grew much larger, 
Uh, it soon lost its ability to grant these great powers to those who visited it. Uh, ancient botanists learned that its roots stretched vast distances and contained much of this power. They learned to harness the Kumaru's power from anywhere the roots were. They nurtured and improved upon the root system, powering forges, magical defenses, and even homes and cities. Nearly all of the nation of Zopatl enjoyed technologies and comforts not seen anywhere else in all of Arcadia. This vast artificial ley line network was called the Veins of Creation. And then, just over a century ago, the Kumaru tree died. Without warning, no great power flows through its roots now. We have adjusted as a nation, but all of Zopatl, and especially here in Yolispan, mourn the death of the Kumaru and our old way of life, even if most of us were not alive yet to witness it. Many great arcane botanists have tried to bring the Kumaru back to life or to create artificial veins of creation. None have succeeded. Some have managed to create very small, closed networks capable of powering a single house, but these are exceedingly difficult and expensive to create. Ah, uh, um, but Eridan. Eridan. Many suspect Eridan had a hand in the Kumaru's death. Nearly 6,000 years ago, when Zopatl and Yolispan were still very young, Aridin visited our nation when he was still a mortal man. He became obsessed with the Kumaru and its powers, but the botanists and engineers of Yolispan were protective of the Kumaru and did not let strange foreigners inside of Tumbaha Mountain. That's when Aridin met Erasni, who was a young arcane botanist from Zopatl's capital. Young, but brilliant, and already quite accomplished in her field. On her own journey, to be granted permission to enter Tumbaha Mountain. Given time and several noble acts of heroism for the nation of Zopatl, the two were eventually allowed inside the pyramid. We don't know what Aridin did when finally face to face with the Kumaru, but we have always suspected his meddling started the Kumaru's countdown to death. Aridin studied the veins of creation inside Tumbaha Mountain for years before leaving Zopatl. After he left, it is said that the veins became fickle, continuing to work, but with a side of unpredictability never before seen in them. And then, when Aridin died, that was the same time that the Kumaru died. He must have linked his energy with that of the Kumaru far more closely than the ancient botanists ever realized. He always wanted to be the center of attention, and now he is remembered in Zopatl as an untrustworthy meddler. You still look hungry. Let me fix another plate. Yes, please. And she collects the dirty dishes and brings them into the kitchen. Uh, you can hear her puttering around for a few minutes, and but you're otherwise left alone. Anyone who was maybe looking at uh, Teoblith during that would notice that once he kind of grasped the power of the Kumaru, like he would have literally like fallen back into his seat a bit at that and then <laughs> and then immediately hearing that not only did it exist, but it's now gone. Like <laughs> oh like he was like, holy shit, oh my fucking god. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well Utrid was literally just about to turn to Teoblith and say, you know, have you ever heard of anything like this before? But I guess he gets his answer. Yeah. Um, yeah Teoblith ha definitely has a mixture of 
like absolute crestfallenness on his face combined with just that that shock of information like that is definitely not stuff that you're gonna be able to really learn much of in the NRC. what would be the applicable knowledge like like, like we understand like power through divinity or arcane right but like is this nature like would you roll uh, a knowledge nature like is this thing like literally a tree god um arcana because I don't actually know what Uchir would know. I don't personally have a fucking clue. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can roll Knowledge Arcana to try to connect some dots and gain some inference. Yeah, 27. 38. So Teoblith mentioned uh, the Starstone. Um, Uhtred, uh you would also know about the Starstone. Uh, it's, well, maybe you don't know this part, but it is quite literally uh, a piece of the rock that was called from the sky and uh, obliterated the continent of Aslant. Uh, I don't think I have a map of the inner sea and, on World 20. And but, roughly how long uh, ago did that happen? The Kumaru died a century ago, which lines up to when Aridin supposedly died. Yes. Um, um, the, the Earthfall... Um, let me see. Yeah, Earthfall was like 10,000 years ago. It was a long-ass time okay. ago. Yeah, so the year right now is like 4,000-something. 4723. Thank you. And Earthfall happened in negative 5,293. So about 10,000 years ago. Okay, so it's <clears throat> probably a safe assumption that the Kumaro, whatever it is, didn't grow up here, come to life until after that event yeah well uh marina basically said that this was at the same time as earthfall like when like that rock fell uh obliterated aslan and a piece of it fell in the inner sea and that's actually what shaped the sea called the inner sea um at the center of the inner sea is an island uh i don't know what the island's called it's but a- i think it's that- epsilon I know that's the city. I didn't know if the island had a different name, but yeah, uh, Absalom. And within Absalom is the Starstone Cathedral, uh, which houses the Starstone, the piece of rock that fell there. That Starstone is what granted Aridin his divinity. It is what granted Iomade her divinity. Oh, it's uh, it's and the several other. Sorry, it's the island of Cortos. Okay, uh, and several other uh, powerful mortals that are worshipped today, uh, including Caden Kalian and Norgorber. So do um, we think that maybe the Kumaru was the piece that fell in Islanti, and that's just kind of the form it no, took? Was... No, that that rock would have been like enormous. If it fell here, okay. there would not be uh, a Yoli's Pond. Uh, this was likely just another fragment of that rock that landed here just like a fragment landed in the inner sea but Does instead the star of starstone still work the one in the inner sea yes uh however it is monumentally uh suicidal to try to approach it to gain divinity but if you so choose and are somehow successful you the legend says you need only touch it to become a full-fledged god um, and according to Marina, 
that is essentially the power that went into creating the Kumaru tree. But instead of leaving behind the actual stone, it seems like it either turned into or got infused into this Kumaru tree or the land itself and the Kumaru kind of like sprouted up from that. Interesting. So yeah, you're you're dealing with uh, like god fertilizer essentially. However, it is you know it is no longer working. It is dead. Something Aridan did to it. It was like connected to him in a way where when he died, it died. That honestly makes a lot of sense. Like the more you learn about Aridan, the more you learn he was a selfish dick. Oh yeah, he was. He was the, one of the most popular gods in the inner sea, but he was not a he was not a nice guy. Um, another possibility, if you think that your characters would take it this way, is perhaps it was the other way around, and something happened to the Kumaru that killed Aridin. Actually, uh, my my bigger takeaway was I wonder if the Star Stone is a target for Tarbafan. It's very possible. He's powerful enough to be a contender of somebody who would have a shot of being able to touch it. I, like, I'm uh, just thinking, like, you know, wh- what would be something out there that he actually needs, right? Mm-hmm. Divinity would be the th- his next step, you have to think. He already thinks he's above the gods. Why not prove it? Take the power of the gods yeah. and he'd be the god. Yeah. Put your money where the Starstone is. Yeah. <laughs> So, Marina is uh, still uh, fussing around in the kitchen, um, but eventually you hear her uh, from the next room. Aha! And she comes back in with a heaping plate of uh, crispy tortilla chips and several bowls of dips. Uh, There's a gooey bean dip and a strange, chunky dip of diced tomatoes, onions, and chilies that she calls salsa <laughs> oh yeah these are all these are all foods that you guys have never seen before we all learn today Uhtred's not shy when it comes to food he will try all foods and I, I'm gonna roll highs on a d100 if it's high he fucking loves this shit <laughs> this is like a new favorite food for Uhtred oh he yeah he salsa he can't get enough of this yeah <laughs> He's like, this is so good, it makes me want to dance. I call it my salsa dance. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how salsa was born. (laughs) So after she sets everything down and uh, she reaches into her pocket, she takes out a small box. I knew I left these lying around somewhere. Here, before you all turn into puddles and I have to mop you up. She opens the box and you see four pale yellow stones set into a mold. She explains that these are all iron stones that no one in Yolispan has any need for. They grant the wearer endure elements, specifically against hot weather. Yo, nice. Oh, Tealith cannot reach for that fast enough. Oh, thank you. That's very generous. She waves a dismissive hand at you. It's no problem. Consider them a welcoming gift. You set it above your head and instantly feel relief from the sticky heat, like you're standing under an AC vent, uh, whatever that is. If what you say is true, and Erasni sent you here to seek the Kumaru, she must have had a good reason. Wait, then she stops, and she's like, looking at Teobleth. That is curious. And she turns to Uhtred. 
Now, what are those things right there within your hearts? You can see them? She looks a little closer. And uh, you can see that, like, her her eyes have this, like, very faint blue glow from, like, in, with, like inside of the, like, her eyes. I kind of, like, lean forward, noticing it to get, like, am I really seeing that? Ah, yes, it's not entirely there, but it is between worlds. Then she looks she looks up at you. Does everyone have one of these where you come from? No. Oh no, we're the special ones. Hmm. We're, well, we might no not matter. be the Well, I know we're not the only special ones, but she turns to uh to uh Thelias and she's like looking looking like got her face like inches from Thelias's chest and she's like tapping tapping on your chest with her fingers and she's like doing like these weird like rhythmic taps uh like, I'll allow it <laughs> a curious curious let me think for a moment and without warning she winds back and she just slaps your chest with her open palm ow uh, and she and then she like takes a step back and she's just staring at her palm that she hit you with in amazement. Like hand quivering, like almost like she's gonna fall over amazement. Chiwakotl, do you know what you have here? You bear shards of the Kumaru. Yeah. This could be the key. She starts pacing around the room, like muttering in amazement to herself. So, such luck that they should come now bearing fragments of the Kumaru within their very bodies. And she like, she stops and she looks at Arginus now. With your permission, I I would like to examine you a bit more closely. How did Elias, these get here? Elias shakes his head at Arginus. Absolutely, I'm always uh, interested in what people uh, study, uh, if not within me. I'm okay, by the way. Marina, I feel. She just kind of like absentmindedly, like, like pats Thelias's head, like, (laughs) like he's, like he just like is a kid, like what whatever, like banged his arm or something. Yeah. Um, Tealbeth kind of like leans over to Uhtred and whispers, like, "So, wait, you think he, uh, you think Aridin used a piece of that tree to make that shield? Uh, No, I, I, I'm not sure about that, but I." I think he definitely connected with it somehow. And I think his power as a god very much is tied to the same power as the Kumaru. She, uh, Marina turns to Tiablith. Uh, what what shield are, are, are you talking about? Did you think Aradin? How, how did these, how did these get in, in your hearts? You are correct, Marina. We believe these to be shards, but not of the Kumar. These shards come from a shield of Aradin. We believe that when the Whispering Tyrant used it as a weapon, some people caught fragments of the explosion that embedded them into their own hearts. I guess offered some sort of protection. The truth is, every one of us here has died and been to the boneyard but because of these shards we were able to return to the material plane she's like got her her hand on her chin and she's like listening raptly just kind of staring into space nodding 
So, among his other meddlings, Aradin used the Kumaru to create some sort of shield, you think? And now Tarbafan uses that shield as a weapon? And you now have pieces of that shield in your hearts? Yeah, it's a weird story. Basically, basically the way Tarbafan was defeated like 900 years ago was he hurled a spell at the person wielding Aridan's shield and the power of the shield basically reflected the spell back at Tarbafan but in doing so it also shattered the shield and lodged a piece of it in Aridan's palm which is what weakened him it was it was a whole thing but now he has a connection to those pieces and he can create a magical feedback loop that makes each piece a a device of destruction capable of leveling cities but when that destruction happens small shards of that seem to get lodged in some people like ourselves so that's what we're working with that doesn't explain though why Razni would want us to seek the Kumar. I mean, she she was well aware of Eridan's shield. She probably doesn't know that the Kumaru is gone. She hasn't been to Arcadia in, you know, millennia. My guess is she she wants us to seek any sort of power that we might be able to gain to stand a chance against the Whispering Tyrant because if she wasn't strong enough to defeat him, I don't know that there's anyone else on Galarian that can. Maybe, but Razni certainly had a way of knowing about everything going on in the inner sea. If I knew of the existence of the Kumar, I mean, I probably wouldn't just forget about it. I mean, she certainly knew Aridin died. And if she was as talented as a phlebotanist as she was, as Morena claimed she was, how could she not know? Well, I mean, was she not in at the Kumar with Aridin for all those years? Yes, but that doesn't mean she was fully aware of how connected he was to it. I mean, I guess there's always the chance this is a coincidence, but that lines up a little too perfectly for me to believe that. Oh, I, I definitely think Aridin did something with the Kumar. I'm, I don't know if he necessarily took a piece of it and crafted the shield from that. Either way, it sounds like whether Aridin's power and the Kumar's power was one and the same. I don't see why these shards wouldn't be the same as if the Kumar was still thriving. Because they are in your living bodies, this is a connection that should not exist. But you may be the last traces of living Kumaru on the planet. If I, if I can examine you, it could be the betterment of an entire nation. We could rekindle the Kumaru tree. But, well, Tumbaha Mountain is not currently safe. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> not safe to us, or not safe to everyone? Several weeks ago, a ferocious dragon arrived at Tumbaha Mountain. Does this dragon have a name? Well, it, it slaughtered anyone not quick enough to escape, uh, but some of the survivors heard him speak. 
He calls himself Nasistravek. Uh, you all may recall reading while Tarbafan was mobilizing his forces to meet at Renchurch, you saw on a map he did direct a single minion named Nasistravek elsewhere beyond the borders of the map. And with a jolt, you remember the location indicated on the map was Tumbaha Mountain. Guess we're headed to Tumbaha Mountain. No, you, you, you cannot go now. You, like I said, you are the only traces of living Kumaru. You cannot go to such a dangerous place. But we have to, uh, don't you see? That dragon but is if you go because of Tarbafan. That may be the case, but if you go now and you die, then, uh, while I do not, I don't wish for you to lose your lives at all, the added tragedy would be that our only lead to rekindle the Kumaru would die with you. So, just please, give me, give me some time to examine you before you go. We already had some of our most deadly warriors go to Tumbaha Mountain to try to face Nasistravek. We are not expecting their return. He, he has not come near here, and as far as we've seen, he rarely leaves the pyramid. I would imagine he won't. Tumbaha Mountain hasn't served much of a practical purpose in over a century, so while we would very much like to recover these sacred grounds, it hasn't really affected our lives much here in Yolispan. You don't get it, though. That, that dragon is not there because it wants to be there. It's there because it was instructed to be there, and it would only be instructed to be there if there was something of value. Well, unless this dragon can unlock the secrets of the Kumaru tree faster than generations of arcane botanists specially trained in that field, I think we have at least some time to rest and see the city. You can participate in our, uh, as we celebrate the Blossom Days. I'm not saying that you should never go. I just want you to just wait just for a little bit until, until I can learn more about the shards in your chest. You know, Uhtred, we've been going pretty much non-stop for a while now. You don't even know the half of it, Tiablis. Well, I know my half of it. And I know I, for one, could use some time amongst the civilized to recover my senses before we start throwing ourselves against one more impossible task. If this dragon was sent here by Tarbafan, and Tarbafan is using this shield of this, this shield belonging to Aradin, and he, he must, there must be some secret of the Kumaro he does not know. But I have a feeling he also did not know that the Kumaro is dead. Just as Arasni most likely did not know that the Kumaro is dead. But you have here, and she kind of holds her very, very short frame up, like as high and impressively as she can. One of the leading arcane botanists in Yolispan. I have read every journal published about the Kumaru tree. I have spent my entire life researching with the goal to restart the veins of creation. You don't have Let to me. sell me. The fact that you even saw these shards 
You are already far more qualified than anyone we have encountered on it. Then you know that if there is an advantage to be gleaned from the Kumaru against Tarbafan, it is I who can find it. And once you have that advantage, then you can strike against Nasistravek. How much time do you need? Well, I don't want to count my chickens before they hatch. I haven't even had a chance to sit you down on an examination table. Will you will you at least afford me one day to assess what I have to work with? And then I can give you a timetable. Sure. You've got it. One day. All right. And she claps her hands together, rubs them, and then we will show this Nasistravek why he does not invade these foreign lands. Ah, Nasistravek. Too many syllables. We've just been calling him Nessie. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. Yeah, Marina wants to uh, take a look at your uh, take a look at your O-balls. But she's got to like set some shit up. Uh, She has a small like laboratory in her house. uh, But she's like getting stuff ready. So she encourages you in the meantime to uh, just go like see the city. Rest, relax. Uh, She has one casting of tongues remaining and she can cast it on one of you. So you can at least like navigate as a group in her absence. Uhtred uh, accepts that. <laughs> All right, so Uhtred is given uh, some... Uhtred is given the tongues uh, from Ooh. Marina. She did have a sexy accent. <laughs> um, yeah, and you guys are set loose in Yoli's Pond. So we get to do some fucking shopping. Oh, yeah. yeah. So shopping. Sexy. Hell yeah. Finally. Um, yeah. So, Yoli's Pond is two continents separated from you guys, so they have very different currency, but they are still happy to take whatever gold coins and gems and whatever that you have, uh, and, yeah, they can, like, they'll buy whatever magic items you have. Uh, for its size, Yoli's Pond is actually a very, uh, highly magical city. Uh, you can see it and just like the way the city is laid out, uh, there are like magical lifts that take people up to like uh, higher level buildings. Um, it just seems like it's a, a more advanced city than what any of you have ever seen. I don't know, maybe Teal has seen something like this in, in his many years of uh, traveling. Um, but this is definitely uh, definitely a unique place, it's a very special place. It is small, though, but it is filled with tall, sturdy stone buildings. Uh, The buildings themselves are pretty plain, clayish brown, but it still manages to be absolutely gorgeous in this city, with flowers growing everywhere, and many buildings are accentuated with festive fabrics hanging out the windows, and uh, everyone you pass has uh, very colorful outfits, and they always, like pass you with friendly greetings uh it just seems like a just a very cheerful happy place uh well this is new to us 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, so it's small, but it's a fairly dense city for its size. Uh, it's got a population of 7,840, but you are free to, uh, Alex, what was that shopping. population thing you kept, uh, you kept doing? Oh, for uh, vigil? The, just by you saying population's the... <laughs> got me. <laughs> what? The, I mean, yeah, every city's got its own population. Yoli Vigils was 11,500. Thank you. Okay. At one point. Um, at one point. <laughs> And Yoli's Ponds, for the record, is 7,840. I better not hear that ever again. Seriously, that's exactly (laughs) what I was just thinking. Even one mention of the population. It's like, Ah! it's fucking gone. You wonder what the dragon was here, just waiting to drop the piece of the shield in here. (laughs) So, yeah, let's talk about shopping. Don't don't worry about that population. That's not important. all I can think of now. (laughs) Uh, Does anybody have any fun purchases that they made? I only made boring adult purchases. Sorry. (laughs) Okay. Well, what were your boring adult purchases? So I got a lucky horseshoe, which gives me all my saving throws, a static plus one, and... Once per day, I can add a plus three? Plus four. Plus four to any one saving throw. And then I said, that's not enough on the saving throws. But I think that it just increases the luck bonus to plus four. So it is a net plus three. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And then on top of that, I said, why don't you give me a clover leaf too? Which is three times per day, you can add a plus two to a saving throw. Saving throw or ability check or skill check. I was getting to that. <laughs> Are those also luck bonuses? Yes. So, we're, get, we're getting the lucky boys together. Might start smoking now I, uh, lucky strikes. <laughs> now, I understand that this was not a uh, unique purchase to Uhtred. No. This was a... A mat concoction, and then we all heard it and went, yep, we yep. are a bunch of fucking leprechauns. Horseshoes, clover leaves, let's go, boys. Everyone's got their, like, bowling polos on. They're all in uniform now. Yep. So, yeah, we got the, the lucky combo going. I wanted to get a Pearl of Power 4th and 5th level, but I just couldn't afford it. So I just got a Pearl of Power 4th level. Maybe you should have saved up more. Yeah, I feel like we should. Yeah, I tried. We should point out now, like <laughs> this is this is our our obviously this is our first shopping bit since Vigil exploded. So with all of the stuff that we have accumulated over the last book plus, we each after we like we sold all that stuff off, and each of the four of us got like seventy eight thousand gold. Yeah. On top of whatever gold we might have been sitting on already. And I, I looked at it, um, a couple of your character sheets a little ways ago when you were still in Gallowspire. Just curious, because like, the amount of stuff that you were accumulating was like starting to get pretty insane. And I was like, what are they currently like sitting on? Like, What is their like functional uh, wealth that they're like constantly using? And you guys are more or less geared to like your appropriate level and then some before liquidating all of this loot. 
Yeah, but that's a little misleading because, like, Uchid, for example... I know it's not exactly what you would have outfitted your Yeah, you're not, like, with, geared to your build. You just have still pieces like, that are of that level. Right. And it, it is still, nonetheless, stuff that you have deemed useful enough to keep. And then you get 78,000 gold. I don't know it's that we deemed it was useful enough to keep as much as it was like, dear lord, we have no other option. (laughs) Well, I'm saying, like, what what of that stuff did you sell that you were were already using? Not much, because we couldn't afford, like, because (laughs) of the way the mechanics of buying and selling work in a city of this size, like... It honestly wasn't really even worth it to sell the stuff we were already using because we'd get so little back and have to pay so much for stuff we would deem useful at this level that it just, for me, it it didn't seem worth it to really sell anything outside of what I'm actively upgrading. Like, I could sell, like, probably the Ring of Invisibility and the Rod or the Glove of Storing, but it's like... I'd be taking such a loss on them that I have to sell so many of them to get like one thing that's like impactful. So what you're saying is that these are still objectively useful items that you would miss if they weren't there, At, even if they're not you know, like exactly what you would have bought. Well, only in the sense that we can't afford to change them out for something that we would rather have. Yeah, like they're strong items, just they're items that aren't really like synergizing well with what Uhtred's crunchy mechanic build is. Yeah, and and like you mentioned how, you know, technically we were prop like slightly above our equipment wealth before this shopping trip. I th- I feel like that's kind of the AP's way of balancing out the fact that you don't get to really customize your character outside of whatever tweaks the GM makes to items that were given. So, like, even though we've got more stuff, like you said, it's not stuff we would have chosen. So the AP kind of gives you a little more than you really should have for that level to make up for the fact that you didn't get to pick it. Well, sure. But the point is, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't of think course the that's the point. <laughs> of course. <laughs> to be fair, most of the shit that... Uhtred acquired came off of his dead friend's bodies. (laughs) (laughs) And you're welcome. Isn't that right, Alex? Thanks for dying so much, guys. (laughs) So I got the the two luck bonuses uh, items. I I did get a pearl of power for fourth level. And then I dumped the vast majority of that money into... Getting a headband of intellect plus six. Um, I did sell off my headband of intellect plus two for a whopping 2,000 gold to go towards the plus six. And I think actually, because Uhtred had some, uh, had about like 20, almost 20k of gold uh, before we like liquidated everything. Um, I think he's going to invest in making that tongues that he just got cast on him. Get a permanency permanency spell cast on that. Sweet. All right. So, yeah, uh, you can actually subtract uh, the cost because you were doing this calculation earlier. Part of that cost was finding a spellcaster to cast tongues on you. So since you already have it on you, I'll, I'll give it to you that you can just subtract the cost of that actual spell being cast on you from that. 
And yep, that was all Uchert's purchases. All right, cool. You got any other fun stuff? Uh, everybody's got the four-leaf clover and the lucky horseshoe. Yep, we bought four of them, one for each of the group. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic is what it is. It's it's like what, at the end of Skull and Shackles, you all got those kimonos. Yeah. <laughs> you know how dumb I would feel if I didn't get those, and then I'm fa- I'm failing saves watching you guys all pass them? Like, <laughs> fucking, you got a horseshoe in one hand and a clover in the other, like... Like, these are awesome. I'm so glad we got these. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So, yeah, shopping. Um, Teoblith is... Yeah, he got the uh, the clover and the lucky horseshoe. He sold his belt of dex plus four to upgrade to a belt of dex plus six. It's going to help with... uh, Actually, not with my AC because of the armor that I'm wearing. But it, it will help with, you know, attack rolls and anything else dex required. So that'll be nice. And let's see. Oh, he bought an immovable rod because those are always useful. And... Oh, my nickname in high school. <laughs> Man, you got to explain what that thing does because I didn't know what it did. And then you explained it and I was like, that is fucking awesome. Okay. Yeah. You'll find out, baby. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll run it down. Basically, for anyone that, that doesn't know what an immovable rod is... It's literally just a rod of flat metal with a button on the end. So I like to think of it almost like a like a clicky pen. And you just like you put it somewhere, you click the click the, the, the button, and the rod stays in place, even to the point of like defying gravity and whatnot. Um, it can hold up to like eight thousand pounds before it falls and requires like a DC thirty strength check to move it forcibly. If you have like a couple of them, you have a ladder to go anywhere you want to go. They are just they are very useful items in general. And did you get two of them or just one? I just got the one. I'm my, halfway there. Yeah, well, I don't really have need of a ladder very often. I can fly anytime I fucking want to, and I have several teleportation nice. methods. Say that now. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I am planning on upgrading my bow and my armor. But that will be... I'll start that process once we have a better idea of just how long we might be spending in this city. Well, from what Marina said, it sounds like it's going to be largely up to you guys. Like, she is in no hurry for you to go charging off to fight Nessie. Uh, The more time she has to examine you, uh, the happier she'll be. Like... She is not about to like kick you out. You are you're about to be her dissertation. Listen, she can come with us. Wouldn't it be the first time we had a tag along NPC? She's not going there. <laughs> come on, we need a sacrificial lamb. Uh, so yeah, like you guys kind of uh, there could still be you know unexpected stuff that happens. I, I I won't pretend that you know all the cards are on the table, but. At least to your understanding of things right now, like even after Marina has a chance to look at you, like she could say, "Oh, I'll like I got this figured out like by tomorrow, and then you're good." Like you're still free to spend as much time in the city as you want, and if that means waiting two weeks to get like your bow upgraded, then you're free to do that. I know it's a new concept in this campaign, but it's a very uh, new concept. <laughs> It's, it's like, also not like we really have a ton of time. Like, you know what I that, mean? 
It's not like yeah. we, 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 good job. We did what we wanted right. to do. Right. Like, that one thing to, you know, not lose sight of is meanwhile, back in the, uh, you know, in the inner sea, like, who knows what, you know, dastardly deeds that Tarbafon is up to. That was that was kind so, of my point of like not knowing how long we're gonna have in town. Like I would like to do that, but like until we really talk to Verena and maybe get I don't know if how, but maybe we could get some sort of connection back to the inner sea and try and piece something together so we can decide how long we're gonna be here and not just be like maybe we could wait two weeks. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, maybe. Uh... If anyone's got some leftover cash, one of you can get a scroll of scrying or something, and then you can, you know, at least get some sort of gleaning back home. That sounds like a good idea that I definitely didn't think of, so don't expect it from me. Uh, Speaking of uh, Thalias, you mentioned that you got a wand of cure something wounds. Cure serious, baby. Cure critical was uh, slightly out of my budget, and cure moderate was too wimpy. So I settled on cure serious. So just FYI, uh, the cure spells are not on your class list when you channel the champion. Ah. So uh-huh, uh-huh. if you want to use that wand, you'll either need to make a use magic device check, DC 20, or channel the Hierophant. Oh. Or give it to Tiablith. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he'd like that, wouldn't he? <laughs> he'd love that. <laughs> on, on two fronts, he gets a, a wand for free and the enjoyment of, look at this idiot bought something he didn't, couldn't even use. <laughs> so uh, I'm just letting you know, that's the crunch of it. All right, fine. I really want it, so. That's Why don't you go over the other things you got? Yeah, yeah so you, got? you guys know about the, the luckies. And then I got a ring of curing, which adds uh, plus two to all of my cure spells. Even, even better, it adds plus two to the max level allowable under the cure spell. So like uh, cure light wounds is now going to heal 1d8 plus seven instead of plus five. And, you know, uh, cure moderate is going to do 2d8 plus 12 instead of 2d8 plus 10. And also... It'll work for the heal spell when you get it too, which will normally the heal spell heals 10 HP per level up to a total of 150. Heal would like this ring allows you to heal up to 170 with that. That's fucking awesome. Bet you didn't think I knew about it. Just just (laughs) quick for clarity and consistency. You only get heal spells when you channel the Hierophant, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> no, I'm just making Say sure we're all me. on the same page here that Joe has geared his character to primarily be the higher friend, but he will choose to play the champion. Yeah. <laughs> I'm cool with it. I'm here for it, man. Gotta leave the options open. Yeah. Now from the from the wording of this ring of curing. Don't looks read like... into it. <laughs> Why would he do it, that? It looks like it's not adding two. It's just increasing the max by two. So, like, using this wand, the Ring of Curing would not increase the amount healed by the wand. Because the wand heals uh, based on the minimum caster level. So, plus it's two. 3d8 plus five, I plus think. Two. Yes, for... No. Yeah, for Cure Series. Yes. So, the, the, so, the wand would cure 3d8 plus five. 
ha- having this ring would enable that spell to cure up to 3d8 plus 17, but the wand only ever heals 3d8 plus 5. Uh, that doesn't sound right, but it probably is. <laughs> All you have to do is channel the Hierophant <laughs> and cast. This then the again. synergy is out the wazoo. <laughs> Come off of it. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I, you'll probably see more Hierophant in the future, even though the champion's so fancy. Honestly, I really don't think you should. We'll just throw it in the pile with our genus's hero deck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tia Blith be wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's over there going, mm, that ring's gonna be so good on my finger. <laughs> I'm the real healer anyways. Well, to support the fact that I'm the real healer, I also upgraded my headband. It's now a plus four cha int. It was plus two. So you're getting plus four charisma and intelligence? Uh, yeah. Did his old headband have charisma and intelligence? Yeah. yeah. So it only had plus two. It was though. plus two to both, yeah. yeah. What was the uh, what was the skill associated with the old headband? Did you, did you have it in your I believe it was bluff. I was just looking at it. It was bluff. All right. So allow me to roll for the other one. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I didn't know about hold this. Up, hold up, hold up now. We <laughs> we pay that extra bit of money and we can't decide what stat it goes into? No, it's a random thing. That is, oh my it's god. It's decided by the crafter. I hope if it's you, bluff. If you want to... You could search uh, specific. If you want to go pay somebody to make one of these from scratch and wait like a month and a half for him to do that, then... By all means. Put it on layaway. (laughs) (laughs) Well. All right. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Watch. It's even better than bluff. I don't know what could be better than bluff, but. Oh, it's a popular skill to roll randomly for. Uh, I got fly. Oh, sweet. So we didn't. I don't think we covered it when Nick was talking about his new headband, but he's got max out skills in knowledge arcana, fly, and perform wind. Oh, dang. So Uhtred and Thalias going to be flying circles around you guys. And that's it for me. Uh, or, and Tia Blith, you know, because he's going to be using half my gear, apparently. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about Arginus? Well, Arginus got a, got a couple of cool things. Um, so he also, got a, he, got a, <laughs> he also got a uh, headband of, uh, of Aluren Charisma plus six. He'll be irresistible. Party face. And then he also got a uh, rod of piercing, which he so desperately needed, which allows me three times. I think that's going to pay dividends. Yeah, three times per day I can cast, I think it's fifth level or sixth level or lower. I can um, cast a spell and um, subtract five from uh, that person's. spell resistance yeah it specifically adds the piercing meta magic feat to the spell that you're casting which yeah like lowers the spell resistance of the target by five yep huge um oh, any particular uh reason you're going that route oh gee because yeah. it kind of has to yeah <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. Like, not only have we been fighting so many goddamn things with spell resistance lately, but now we know what Tarbafon spell resistance is, so... <laughs> yep. I'm gonna be building up for that monster fight. 
And then I also got a Ring of Force Shield, which essentially gives me a plus two in AC. I got one more, uh, one more thing. So we do have oh, that yeah. Book of Khan, right? Oh yeah, you guys have a couple books, I think. Mm, I think that's uh, the only one. Ones. Well, we do have at least two, but only one that we're gonna read. Well, what's the other one? The cursed one that Tiavlith took. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll go through the book again. I could have sworn you got a second one at one point. I don't believe we did. I don't think so either. All right. I did we ever roll for the book of Khan? No. I've been did waiting not. for that roll. All right. The bar has been set, gentlemen. D20 roll. Oh, damn, Nick. Ah. Don't do it, Thelias. Get it, Thelias. Come on, Joe. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Listen, Uchir probably needs it more than anybody. You don't get hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but my that's because if I get hit, I'm getting one shot with my health. All right, so Uhtred manages to semantic his way into owning that book of that Tome of Constitution. And I think that's a good spot to leave it off until next week. All right. Inspired Incompetence Podcast. Woo shopping! Thea! 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 Thea!